This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up what you want. Just dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. As we uh, launch into this Friday edition of the show, um, Julia should be joining us a little bit later on in the evening tonight. But I will wait with bated breath. Indeed. For now, uh, we're going to tell you a little bit about these healthcare seminar things, these government healthcare propaganda days that are going on all around the country. The town hall meetings. So they've been called, but apparently that's not the case anymore. We'll get into all of that. There's been a lot that's developed here in New Hampshire over the last 48 hours or so. Uh, but we've got to go to your phone calls first, because that's what the show's about. We're going to go unscreened first to the amp line. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, who's this? Hi, guys. This is Marcus in New Jersey. Marcus, what's on your mind tonight? Hey, uh, last night, Mark, uh, you guys were talking about uh, overpopulation or, you know, things uh, to that nature. Mark spouted off something about, oh, if everybody in the world was given one acre, it would just take up, uh, you know, the area of some state that he named. And Arkansas he, is what I heard. Right. So, uh, yeah, you're not even close. Um now tell me, remember here, I, I believe that when I said this, I didn't say, well, if everybody in the world uh, you had one yeah. acre, they would uh, you know, occupy the space of Arkansas. You did not say what it I authoritatively. Said, what I said was, hey, you know, I heard this one time. Sounds kind of possible. I don't know. But, um, right. No, absolutely. That, that's, that's how you came across, uh, you know, um, but uh, I'm calling in to, to uh, set, it, set the record straight. Please, right. if so you what would. Is it? Uh, so there, there, I just did some calculations. There's about 6.7 billion people on the planet. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be 6.7 billion acres, which in uh, square miles is about 10.5 million square miles. Um, and for reference, the United States of America is 3.8 million square miles. And all of North America... <laughs> being... You're losing me. <laughs> okay. Uh, you're way off. Basically, is what he's saying. Yeah. So if you so give North, everybody North America, even Mexico, United States, Canada, that's about nine and a half million square miles, kind of close. Okay. So um, how, if you gave everybody an acre, how big of an area would they cover? Uh, uh, an area a larger than North America. An area larger than North America. Great. Now I know that that's a bunch of crap. Thanks. <laughs> But you could also kind of restructure that to say that well, that was your originally that was one acre per individual, right? Right. Well, we know that more than one individual can live on an acre, you know, families. So if you divided it by two and a half or, or three or four or something like that. You'd have an area the size of the United States. Something like right. that. Yeah. Perhaps and, Canada. Yeah. And if you cut it down to a quarter acre, which is still a decent size for a home. Yeah, uh, I don't know if I'd want to grow my own, all my own food. I mean, the idea... Well, I thought you were just talking about how many, how large of an area you can fit people into. Underst- well, obviously, you can fit people into much smaller yeah. areas. What I was just uh, you know, speculating is that eh, it sounds like a fair estimate that uh, you know, an acre could pretty, pretty handily feed a person. Right. And, okay. you know, th- th- those are the numbers I heard. I've never done any kind of calculations on them. I, I wouldn't even know where to go finding uh, well, finding well, how many well, acres are in Arkansas. Right. I w- wouldn't suspect most people would be, uh, you know, trying to calculate that. Uh, I only did it because uh, you guys brought it up. And oh, thank, thank you, you for, for, the, it. for putting the effort in. I appreciate that. Is there anything else on your mind tonight? Uh, one thing I wanted to mention was I got my Social Security statement in the mail. Oh. And uh, <laughs> they have uh, right on the, the front page, actually, they, they sent me two pieces of paper. And on the, the separate piece of paper, which was on the front, they do a call-out. Um, everything's white with black print, but they do one big call-out in green with a question, will Social Security still be around when I retire? <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, of course, their answer is yes, uh, and and it goes on to say that oh well, you know if uh, you know even if we don't change it, we still have enough money till 2041. And uh, rest assured, you know, we'll certainly be stealing as much as we possibly can to pay you your checks. Sure, they right. have blacksmiths now and uh, railroads, uh, you know, you know, uh, engine trains now, steam engines. And matter of fact, they still have them. Are they of any use? Uh, any practical use? No. Right. Um, but I found that very interesting that uh, they themselves uh, realize that, uh, uh, you know, people are worried about that. And I'm not worried about it because I'm not expecting to get anything from it. Yeah, if you're, uh, if you're using Social Security to plan for retirement, you are making a very big mistake. If you believe that social safety net going, is going to, uh, you know, catch you safely, you are wrong. Well right. said. Thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. So I want to get to this uh, town hall thing with the uh, Gene Shaheen and uh, I guess it's Obama. They're all pushing for all of these people, these well, they're, politicos. They're, are they're going pushing. on listening tours. They're listening to Americans right. and what they have to say about health care. Well, uh, some Americans. Well, they're actually, listening to some of them. They don't care. They're going to tell. They're telling you what they want to do. <laughs> yeah, and that's the reality. Well, they're pretending to listen. I mean, that's they're kinda... not though. They're not even looking like they're listening. Honestly, I can't say for sure because they didn't let me in to go and see what was going on today. We'll tell I you about what, what happened uh, here in moments. But first, I just want to welcome our brand newest affiliate, News Talk WCER nine hundred on the AM dial in Canton, Ohio. I uh, wanted to welcome them on. Uh, welcome them officially. They've been airing the show for like a couple weeks now, I think, and we finally brought them on board with the uh, signed agreement and everything today, which makes them our 50th. That's a very radio. special affiliate. That's right. We'll it's, always remember them. <laughs> I, I like all of my radio affiliates, uh, no matter what number they are. But I want to just uh, acknowledge our new listeners there in Canton, in the Canton metro area. So welcome aboard Free Talk Live. As you know, if you've been listening, is a show that's a little bit different from your typical talk radio fare. And so when we say it is your show and you can bring up whatever you want, we mean it. It may mean you'll have to stay on hold while we talk to some other people who've called before you. But eventually we will get to you and you, you can darn well bring up virtually anything. We make an program. effort, that's for sure. Yes, uh, so the toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231, and WCER is joining us for weeknights, uh, taking, I think, the, the first hour every night, but Wednesday night. So hopefully we'll be able to expand that out into the future, but don't look a gift horse in the mouth, right? Yep, Welcome and you know, it, it just goes to show how uh, flexible Free Talk Live is for radio stations. Correct. Uh, we, you know, most, most radio shows would say, oh, heck no, you're not going to be able to take off Wednesday night, and you well, can't just take one hour of the show. If you're going to take the show, you've got to take all three hours, and you have to carry this other show that we have, too. Right, this and crap can show. You have, to, you have to air the commercials inside the show, and we're going to give you some extras that you're going to air outside the show. During your morning show, which is where you're trying to sell uh, the, the, the spots at the, the highest rate, Spots is another term for commercials in, in our business, but there are show you don't, you don't think people know, don't know that Mark? I'm uh, I didn't know it. But the I reason I winced was because spots aren't actually a term for commercials. Really? Spots are a term for the spot that the commercial goes. An oh, interesting. No um, one ever refers to them in that in that. Fashion. It's true. That's what's wrong with yeah. it. You put you put an ad in a spot. I is see. Really, how it goes. But you know, this is now we're getting really crazy. Yes, we are. Radio lingo here. <laughs> I don't even know where I was going with all that. but Oh, I know there, what I wanted to say. There's a guy out there that does a, a financial talk show. And honestly, I've never really listened to it. But he's incredibly successful. His name is, is Dave Jim, Ramsey. Oh, Dave Ramsey. Yeah. Uh, who are you going to say? Jim Blasingame? Jim, Cra- Jim Cramer. 
Uh, he's off. He's off the air. He no longer does radio. Radio, but I think he's got television, doesn't he? We're talking about radio. Television is irrelevant. All right. So, he used to be on radio. Uh, so anyway, this uh, Dave Ramsey character has built his media empire from the ground up completely independently, pretty much the I think the entire time, and he's got something like 400 plus affiliates at this point. He's he's basically doing what Free Talk Live aims to do: is to build a, a radio program independent from all of the big syndicates out there. And the difference between us and him is that he does demand that stations take all three hours of his show every single day and air it that in that format, whereas we are very flexible. So call your local talk stations if they don't air Free Talk Live and ask them real nicely to pick up the show. All right, 800-259-9231. So big day for us uh, being affiliate number 50. That's yep. taken us almost five years to get there. And I think, you know, I think that's not too shabby. I remember originally I thought that I was going to get 50 affiliates in my first year. <laughs> I, think I, I think I said it to you. I think really? 50 affiliates Did is you? But we certainly believed that we were going to oh, have yeah. 50 affiliates in the first year. <laughs> it, it seems like I said the number 50 and then you agreed. But you know how memory is. It'll play tricks on you. Sure, sure. But I do remember the 50 affiliate thing. That That is for sure. And yeah. It took about five, but hey, we're still here, and we're still going and, and providing the radio industry with the only principled, pro-liberty, liberty-oriented, all-the-time talk radio show out there, and uh, we're glad you've been listening, and we're glad our stations have been on board for so long, so thank you. All right, the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. Coming up, the these town hall meetings... These listening sessions, they're going on all across the country. Fights are breaking out at some of these things. It's turning into quite a situation out there, and we've had our own incidents here in New Hampshire that I can uh, relate to you here in moments. And if you've been to one of these things and you want to share your story, 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Just dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features, they are free, so enjoy those on us, including the wiki with over 2,000 pages created by listeners like you. It's like the listener-editable version of our website. You can go to wiki.freetalklive.com. Get interactive free. That's wiki, W-I-K-I, dot freetalklive.com. So the news uh, today, it's one of the big stories, actually, is all of these town hall meetings and listening sessions that apparently are going on across the country and some of them are getting a little bit more violent receptions than others, but there are definitely a lot of people that are turning out to these things, some of them who support the idea of the government taking control of more of the health care system, and many of whom are very, very vehemently opposed to that idea. It's very tense, and people are beginning to clash. In Tampa Bay... Uh, I'd yes. like to point out why people are clashing now um it's mm, yes. it's it's rare in the free market where that people clash now admittedly i'm sure at nascar there's some people that get get into it over whether chevrolet or ford are uh, <laughs> better it's certainly possible they've got high brand loyalty however the reason that you're the seeing the mets and the yankees or the yeah, yankees it the yeah it, it happens you, you go in if you go into a uh oakland raiders bar with your uh you know your San Francisco Giants or whatever, or San Francisco 49ers uh, jacket on, you, you might get a, a tough reception, especially if they're playing that day. But by and large, um, you don't see that in the free market very often. The reason you're seeing it here and now 
is because of force. Mm. The reason is is that the government will be is proposing uh, the Democrat government is proposing to force you to do something. Some people don't want to be forced. Now the the idea is that everybody will be forced to have health care, and that sounds fine on its face. And that and that law itself probably would be better from a market standpoint than what the government is proposing, which is to put in place a government insurance program and offering that as you know competition to the market. Well, if the government's competing, they don't have the same incentives. Right. And they don't play by the same rules. They don't. And what they're going to end up doing is the same thing that's happened with private schools versus public schools over time is that private schools are going to be offered to a very – Small majority of people because, you know, there's just not going to be as many of them. Like the compete. sons and daughters of the yep. senators and representatives. <laughs> that's likely that's true. But the teachers. You know, wealthy people do well. Yeah. <laughs> um, do well enough to send their kids to a, a private school, and many of them do. Some of them don't. Right. And, but really, if you look at teachers and senators, representatives of people involved in governments, very, very seldom that you'll find them actually sending their kids to the government schools, yep. interestingly I would enough. say within two decades, you would see... By and large, everybody covered under the government plan. And then you're going to, you know, when as that goes on, you're going to see the government then stepping in and telling people how they have to live their lives. Because how you live your life has a large effect on how much medical costs you sure. have and, you know, when you have to face them. So. so what's been happening is there have been various different government people around the country that have been holding these seminars or propaganda days, whatever you want to call them. They, they're they calling them listening sessions. They're calling them town hall meetings. And the idea was to invite the so-called constituents, uh, constituents down and hear what they have to say. Uh, I think that on one side they wanted to hear from people that are having health care issues so they can get some of the sob stories about sure. how bad the insurance companies are. Joe the, the plumber, plumber around. And there's no doubt that there are some horrible stories. Uh, we yeah. ran into somebody today who was um, at, at one of these locations to meet up with one of the representative type people. I, again, I don't believe you can actually represent anybody other, other than yourself, so I think that's a misnomer. But they were there to talk to this person. And they were telling us, this individual, this lady, was telling us that she, her husband had just died recently and that the insurance company screwed them over. They'd been paying for coverage and they didn't cover something. I didn't get into all the details with her, but suffice it to say, she was very upset at how she was treated by these insurance companies after having been a good customer for a long time. She's going to be very upset with how the government treats her as a sure, customer, too. Sure, sure she is. And But she was there to tell her story. So that was one of the purposes. And the other one was supposed to be some sort of a, a speech or, or open town hall forum where people could ask questions about what was coming. Sure. That was my uh, impression of what I had heard about oh, these events. that's absolutely the impression. I mean, the, the idea, what they were telling NPR a few days ago is, we're going on a list tour of America. Mm-hmm. We're going to find out what Americans' concerns are about health care. Because these Pollyanna-ish morons up in their ivory tower really believe that, the, that most Americans want the government stepping in and telling them how they're going to live their life and what kind of insurance they're going to have and all that other stuff. They really believe it. They believe that this is a shadowy Republican uh, you know, operation that's going on, that's being led by these fake grassroots. The fact is, there are a lot of Americans that don't want this crap. According to HuffingtonPost.com, police officers were called in to calm down an unruly crowd outside a health care reform town hall meeting. Now, those are terms that suggest 
anybody should be allowed to come in. There should be some sort of questions, period. Anyway, the cops were called, and angry protesters screamed, yelled, and banged on windows as officers hurried to guard the entrances to the facility where U.S. Representative Kathy Castor was trying to discuss the various health care reform proposals being debated in Congress. One photojournalist said that a fistfight broke out inside the building. Many of the hundreds of protesters said they had been inspired by a conservative activist group promoted by Fox News host Glenn Beck, and some received emails from the county Republican Party Instead, according to the St. Petersburg Times, instead hundreds of vocal critics turned out, many of them saying they had been spurred on through they, – they just wrote that. Uh, so, so, that's, so I saw some of the video footage from what had happened in Tampa, and basically they had a, a room full of people, and there were more people out in the hallway that wanted to hear what was going on. I don't know what they were expecting as far as turnout, but it seems like they underestimated what the actual turnout was. I didn't really wasn't able to ascertain whether the room was full, but I believe the other room was full. The very fact that they um, underestimated what the turnout was going to be goes to show who you're giving your health decisions, the most important decisions of your life over to people mm -hmm. who can't even estimate how big the meeting's going to be. Yeah. To talk about it. Yet they're going to be setting prices for health care services, and they're going to be making all kinds of decisions for your life. D take a look at Cash for Clunkers uh, here. They, um, Congress put, a, put aside a billion dollars for this little Cash for Clunkers program that they had going, mm -hmm. and it ran out in the, before the first week was over. <laughs> Within the first few days, the money ran wow. out. It just goes to show these people couldn't manage a rowboat. So there were uh, people out in the hallway, and a lot of people had video cameras, more than the cops could possibly have confiscated. So that's a good thing. You'll see video of this all over the place if you look for it. But they're getting very rowdy, very upset at the fact that they're being shut out of this room. Essentially, they were closing the door on these folks. They wouldn't even let them stand in the hallway to listen. They shut the doors. And, of course, that resulted in them getting angrier and starting to chant and pound sure. upon the doors. This is the, you know, this is government by, of the people, by the people, for the people, right? Click. They yeah, close the door on your right. face. Except if you're in the hallway, then you're excluded. And so they got very upset. Uh, some of the, uh, the big goon bouncer types came out. They tried to open the door again. The bouncers closed the door. And apparently there was a fight that broke out. I didn't see the video footage of that. And this was just from Tampa Bay. So this kind of stuff has been going on all over, all over the place. I know the folks over at Prison Planet have a, a, a bunch of different videos from around the country of what's been happening. But there was some, some conflict here in New Hampshire uh, that kind of brewed up within the last couple of days. We'll tell you about it coming up in moments. It's Free Talk Live. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area? Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want if you dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. And I, we're talking right now about these town hall meetings, listening sessions, whatever they're calling them around the country that are happening to promote and to propagandize the government health care idea that where the government is going to take 
take over even more of the health care system. It already spends over 50 percent of every dollar spent in the health care system today. So it's still a mostly socialized system right now, and it's bad now. The government taking more control, of course, is only going to make things worse. But you won't hear that message at these listening sessions or these town hall meetings. They'll be they'll be propagandizing the program is the next best thing and what everybody should be looking forward to. But a lot of people aren't looking forward to it. In fact, a lot of people are showing up and they've got signs and they've got video cameras and they're a lot of them are pretty upset about it. Uh, so I want to hear from you if you've been out at one of these things. Have you seen some of the action yourself? 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And uh, we're going to get into some of the details as to what's been happening up here because we did go out today, and I'll tell you what happened in moments. But first I want to tell you about RepublicMagazine.tv. Are you missing the real news? You can get informed and stay informed with Republic Magazine. Get your free digital copy right now or order a print subscription at republicmagazine.tv. That's republicmagazine.tv. Or you can call them at 1-800-873-1620. That's 800-873-1620. And you can join Free Talk Live on our website at freetalklive.com. Now, so what happened here? What's been going on in New Hampshire? We've heard about the fights that have been breaking out down in Tampa. Things have been pretty tense at other places around the country. I haven't heard much else besides Tampa and what's happening here. And what's happening here in New Hampshire, you saw part of before the show tonight, Mark. I asked you to go to RidleyReport.com, where Dave Ridley, a Free State Project member, Liberty activist, moved here to New Hampshire a few years back and has started doing what he calls Ridleyos, which are sort of quick news uh, broadcasts that are very low budget and uh, unedited. He shoots them in the camera, uploads them to YouTube. That way he can get them up fast and he's done an amazing job of really covering the liberty activism scene from right on the ground here in New Hampshire. Yeah, I'd like to point out that Dave is a uh, you know was at one time a professional news uh, you know videographer, so therefore he's even though they're low budget uh, you know. Uh, News stories, they're well done and he's, very, very he's watchable. Yes, yeah. he's, he's Compton to a newsman, and that's what, exactly what he was doing prior to launching the Ridley Report, was he was working as a professional video editor for a major broadcaster. I'm not going to say which. But he's an amazing guy, and he's been out there just boots on the ground week after week, cranking out multiple videos per week, letting people know who aren't necessarily here in New Hampshire about a lot of the amazing activism that's going on. I mean, we talk a lot about it here on uh, on Free Talk Live, but sometimes it's useful to get a little uh, video window into the world of activism. Dave Ridley's great at that. Well, so, yeah, D- Dave Ridley's uh, you know focuses on New Hampshire Free Talk Live sure national show. Sure. But we still talk about a lot what uh, a lot of what goes on here. And so what happened to Dave is worth talking about. He showed up at the Grafton Town Hall Forum, and I didn't get to take a close look at what the invitation said, but at one point in the second video, there are going to be four videos in this series. He's released two of them so far. You can see them over at RidleyReport.com. But in the second video, one of the representatives of Gene Shaheen, who's the senator for uh, the state of New Hampshire, one of the senators, So one of her underlings holds up the invitation to this particular day that they were holding in Grafton, New Hampshire. And the invitation says at the top, Office of Gene Shaheen to visit Grafton. And they sent that out to Grafton area residents announcing this event. So that's what it said at the top. Now, when you see that, Mark, what does it make you think? Office of Gene Shaheen, of of, uh, Senator Gene Shaheen to visit Grafton. That the governor's going to, uh, that the senator's going to be there. Sounds that way, doesn't it? 
Sure, and that's and what she people is, thought. She is the state senator, state senator. I mean, she yes. very well. These are her constituents. These are the people that voted for her. She should be there. That's what you'd think. But when they say office in front of Senator Jean Shaheen, so office of Senator Jean Shaheen, that doesn't mean that Senator Jean Shaheen will be showing up. She'll be sending some of her, uh, you know, just out of fresh out of college lackeys. Well, actually, she's I don't know who all was there, but I do know that one of the Keene city councilors, Pam Slack, uh, one of the nastier women on the uh, the city, count, one of the nastier people on the city council here in Keene was there on behalf of Jean Shaheen. So apparently not only is she a city councilor for the city of Keene, she's also a, a federal employee of Jean Shaheen because she's she's getting a paycheck to go out and do these things. So she was there. Jean Shaheen was nowhere to be found, which, by the way, you can see in Dave's videos, kind of irked the people that came down there. I'll bet. There were people that were in favor of the government health care idea, or at least open-minded to hearing more about it, that weren't protester types. Protesters were certainly there, but there were people that came down because they got this invitation expecting they were going to be able to meet with Jean Shaheen, the state senator. Makes sense. She was nowhere to be found. And so Dave goes in with his video camera rolling as always, and he encounters this lady, Pam Slack, who's the, the Keene City Councilor that was there kind of in charge of the whole event. And he starts asking her questions about, you know, what's happening here and just asking his usual Dave Ridley kinds of questions. And she gets uh, pretty defensive immediately. Like, immediately. She didn't answer any questions. She First she said, where are you from? And he said, no, no, that's not her voice. Where are you from? Yeah, where are you from? She's got a very uh, nasally voice. Grafton. <laughs> he says, yeah. he, and he does. He lives in Grafton. And then she says, and your name? Look, lady, um, I, yeah. he, basically he says, I've answered one of your questions. Now you can answer one of mine. And she and didn't. She walks away. Right. I mean, this is how she treats constituents. Exactly. Uh, she's not interested in talking to so-called constituents that aren't already in agreement with her or somewhere in the middle of the road. Because this isn't a listening tour. This isn't a town hall right. meeting. It's propaganda. It's absolutely so what was going on was there a bunch of people outside with signs. Dave Ridley had gone inside with his video camera. And so what has happened is because these protesters are showing up at these town hall meetings, they've changed the the, the whole format. Yep. The original format, as my was my understanding, was that they would be speaking to an, a town hall crowd of people in an open room. This is how town hall meetings work. And uh, you can see this is how the program's going to go. The the first, you know, when things don't go the way the government wants them to, as far as health care insurance goes, then they're going to change the rules. The things mm -hmm. that they promised you that this health care insurance government insurance company was going to do, they're not going to do. Take a look. All you have to do is look at every single government program that's ever existed and all the stupid lies they've told you in the beginning and you don't get it don't fall for it again so dave ridley uh confronted this woman she was not very interested in answering his questions and it turns out she's not very interested why in answering anyone's questions why should she she shouldn't answer this guy's questions because she doesn't need to huh? she gets elected you know she's an elected official so you just know, she make only, her look worse all she cares about is getting uh you know satisfying 51 percent of the people that bother to go out and vote so what they did was and I don't think Dave has uh, – I, I don't know. I think he kind of comes to this conclusion in the second part, but we definitely learned this today because Pam Slack, the same woman that you see on Dave's video, was in back in Keene today for another one of these town hall meetings here in, uh, in Keene. Now, Keene's a bigger place. 
than Grafton. There are a lot more people that live in Keene than, than in Grafton. And so you'd expect something a little bit on a larger side of the venue uh, to be happening here. But that wasn't the case. Sam and I showed up, Sam from obscuretruth.com, showed up with video cameras today. Uh, Meg was there as well. She's one of the new videographers here in the area. So three videographers showed up today, and we put out a Porcupine 411 to the activists, letting them know what was going on. Because we actually just found out about this this morning. I saw the videos from Dave uh, last night, and I posted a message over the Free Keen forum saying, hey, does anybody know when this is happening in Keene, because I figure if they're making the tour, I thought there was a possibility we'd already missed it, so hopefully somebody would know where to look. Somebody did find out, and it turned out it was this morning. So the the news got out at about 10 a.m., right when it started. We got all of our camera equipment together and headed down there. We got there by 10.30. It was supposed to be a two-hour-long event. Well, uh, it turns out that I'm going to give you the rest of the story here in a moment. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Turns out a whole bunch more activists ended up showing up. There weren't very many people there. There was no kind of town hall meeting going on at all. And I'll explain to you exactly what it is that we encountered today. 800-259-9231. Basically, because of Dave Ridley and some protesters, they've completely changed the format of what they're doing. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. If you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Just enter Amazon through that link, and Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. So start your shopping at amazon.freetalklive.com. We are telling you about uh, things that have gone down here within the last 48 hours or so here in New Hampshire with all of these town hall meetings that are going on around the country, apparently, about uh, promoting the idea of government-run health care or more government-run health care since we already have a significant portion of the health care system that is run by the government. But expanding that, they are propagandizing this at uh, what they are calling town meetings around the country. But apparently they're not town meetings anymore, at least not here in New Hampshire where one man with a video camera and a handful of protesters, or maybe a half a dozen or a dozen protesters, have basically changed the entire plan for these people. Uh, Dave Ridley from RidleyReport.com showed up in Grafton, and a number of other anti-government-run healthcare protesters were there. Dave was basically ignored and crapped on by the lady that was running the program, Pam Slack, one of these Keene city councilors from Keene, New Hampshire. She wouldn't even ask, answer any questions. It's Very not like rude. he was being um, combative nope. at all. He was just asking the woman questions. And he wasn't interrupting uh, anything. She, he answered her questions. He was there six minutes before they were going to get started, and so he wasn't like jumping into the middle of the forum or something like that. So what they ended up doing, and you can see the, the videos over at RidleyReport.com, was they told Dave and the, a few of the other people, that they were going to move things outside because it was just there were just too many people, and so we were going to move things outside. Nice day yesterday. They certainly could have had it outside. And they got that got Dave to leave the building. That's when they decided to close the door and not let people in. And that's when they decided to make it a one-on-one listening session. So it went from a town hall meeting that was to be open to anybody to a one-on-one listening session where. Individual constituents would be allowed in to speak with the representative of the senator. But that's all. 
I'd like to tell so you. So wait in line, suckers. I'd like to also, t- I, you know, that waiting in line, that stinks. And, it, you know, yeah. <laughs> how long is this going to take if you go through 50 people, give each of them 10 minutes? My God, it would take forever. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to tell you a story that was told to me by uh, my, a friend of mine who's Amish. Um, the... the uh, you know, the Amish people tend to vote for things in their church, and they were voting on a particular issue um, that was going on. And the preacher, or whatever they call him, went around and listened, you know, put his ear down by everybody so that he could get their vote mm-hmm. on this particular issue. The The issue was whether or not uh, people who were uh, 18 years old could still hang out in the community if they hadn't already become Amish. Um, so... You know, the, this is a big issue for Amish people. Gotcha. Their whole, uh, you know, Wiener Schnitzel time or whatever they call it. Some some more jum, some German word. So he li- went, bent down and listened to everybody. Rumspringer? Rumspringer, that's yeah. right. Um, he and my my friend and his friend both said no. They both voted no. And the preacher went up front of the church and said, it's unanimous, <gasps> it's yes. Wow. So that's how these town hall meetings could have gone, right? Mm-hmm. If you have these individual listening sessions, then basically they can say whatever they want to say, right? Because they, you know, they're the preacher bending their ear down, and they're taking the vote and the tally that way. And I can guarantee- it was just you disagreeing, citizen. So uh, I want to get to the, uh, the this call quickly here, and I'll get to what the, the continuation of what's been going on here in New Hampshire. Jim is in Arizona, and you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Jim. Yeah, I also heard about an arrest in Chicago, a black man passing out these uh, flyers that said, don't tread on me, and they actually arrested a reporter, too. Wow, not surprising. Uh, Reporters are being arrested more and more often around the country. Cameramen, uh, all kinds of photojournalists have been uh, arrested and harassed, so not not a shock. And this was also at one of these health care events? Yeah, and I heard about it on Alex Jones. In fact, there's a YouTube video. I haven't been able to find it. It was the Acorn Goon Squad, Goon Squad and it was in Chicago, hmm. you know, in the, in the Joker Obama's own territory. And uh, they, 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 they arrested several of them. They asked this guy, he goes, what's an in, inner like you, the N-word, passing out these flyers for here? He was a married guy, and he happened to be black and against Obama, and they used the N-word, and they started bumping into him. They arrested him. Some other people got it on camera. They were arresting them. Ugh. And somebody got a video from afar, kind of like the thing where they shot the guy in the subway in yeah. San Francisco. And, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's getting out of hand. I tell you, I think this, could, this is a powder keg. In fact, I heard that Savage last night was talking about it's a powder keg that could, that could go into a revolution at any time. Well, I don't want to be on Michael Savage's side during any kind of revolutionary. He's a dangerous <laughs> maniac. Uh, but I hope I it doesn't that. go into anything uh, to, to anything violent, but I hope that the uh, politicians can see that uh, Americans don't want that. Unfortunately, I think what it's going to happen is that they're, they're, you know, they're just going to make some kind of compromise, mm-hmm. and we're going to get more socialized health care. We, we already have socialized health care. We're going to get more socialized health care, and you know, they're going to slowly bring it on to us, just like the frog in the pot. Yep, I think you're probably right about that. It's just like the bailout. The first bailout didn't go through. They changed it and went through two weeks later. Yep, yep. exactly right. The Senate first and then the House. It should, they slowly, slowly lower the noose over the neck. When will all these morons wake up and finally say enough is enough? That's, that's a problem. great question. I don't know when that and when that's going to happen because one of the other things that I observed, and you can see this at the Ridley Report, the first video, the first of the four, uh, there are only two that are out so far. But in the first video, he asks one of the protesters, 
he and this is a great question and Dave is always great about asking people this just regular folks people that aren't a liberty activists just people that were just so interested in doing something that they decided to go out and and uh, and make up a sign and actually do like their first little bit of activism you can tell these people are at least i get the impression that they're they don't have much experience at doing this they just got so upset at what was being proposed they went out and did something so he talks to this one guy and he asks him well if this goes through what do you plan on doing about it Civil disobedience? That's always Dave's question. He always just kind of throws out the carrot of civil disobedience out to people as a possible uh, solution to these government problems. And at first, the first question he asked was, who are you and why are you here? And he's talking about how he really cares about this issue and he, he loves liberty and blah, 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 all this stuff, right? Sounded great. And then Dave asks, well, what are you going to do if this, if this goes through? Civil disobedience? And you can, you can see the fear just flash across this man's eyes. You can, uh, you can just, you can feel how frightened he is of what that means. Like, he hears the word civil disobedience. He never would have even thought of that had Dave Ridley not suggested it. But when Dave Ridley says civil disobedience, it's just almost immediate. You can tell, no. His, the first word out of his mouth is no. Uh, and, uh, you know, he basically says, and I'm paraphrasing here, he basically says, well, if it goes through, it'll be the law, and uh, I, I, I will follow it. Yeah, I'll, I'll follow it because that's the way it is. And, you know, that's just it. That's just how it's going to be. All these people are making all this noise right now because they believe they can stop this from happening. But once it goes through, they'll just complain. They'll just complain and they'll go along with it because that's what Americans do. They don't do much of anything to actually advance liberty because they don't know what they can do. And if they do are if they are presented with something like civil disobedience as an idea, they are frightened to death. And it's for good reason, because, you know, they might be put in a jail cell. There is that factor. And that's why people are so frightened and so scared of even the suggestion of being disobedient, which, of course, makes me want to ask the next question, which Dave didn't ask. And that is, well, where is your line in the sand? What what laws won't you obey? Would you also turn in Jews in Nazi Germany? Would you have been one of those law-obeying people? So this is a big problem that we face in this country right now, which is why getting activists together who are willing to take some risks, who are willing to do something and stand up for their beliefs, is such a valuable thing. And that's why the Free State Project really needs to be seriously considered by anybody who truly proclaims to, uh, to love liberty. Your thoughts, Jim? Oh, the, I think the unemployment rate is going to have to hit 30%. You see, our real, I think it's the G6, the real unemployment rate, when you factor everyone who's not on unemployment anymore, but who's working a, a, a garbage job at $8 an hour, 10 or 20 hours a week, they're basically unemployed, and then you figure in the discouraged people, and then the people whose businesses like mine have fallen off by 90%, who used to make $1,200 a day, who are making 100 to $120 a day, uh, you know, with a service business, who's seen their income go by 90%. And, and when you get 30% of the people unemployed, then you're going to see something happen. Because it has to be – see, in the Depression, we had civilized people that would live in cardboard boxes and shanty towns, and most of them were self-sufficient and lived off the land. Now we have apartment complexes that have 600 apartments where 1,800 people live, and you got a powder keg waiting to go off in these cities when your unemployment reaches 30%. Walk into a pawn store, 
see what's in there. It's tools. All these tradesmen can't make a living, and they're selling all their tools. Mm. When you get all these rednecks out of work and they got guns, you're going to see a powder keg. Go Thank off. you for the call tonight, Jim. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. Have you been out at these health care propaganda, these government propaganda seminars? I want to hear from you at 800-259-9231. We'll also tell you about what happened here in New Hampshire here in moments. Hour 2 is coming up. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Especially if you've had some experience at one of these recent town hall meetings. At least that's what they are originally being called to basically allow the supporters of more government-run health care to propagandize people and to supposedly answer questions But it turns out that's just not how these are ending up. Uh, They were advertised as one thing, and then when you actually show up, you find out it's something completely different. And there's a range of things that have have been happening around the country. We told you last hour about Tampa Bay, where fights broke out, or at least one fight broke out. People were getting very rowdy, banging on doors, banging on windows, because they weren't allowed actually in to experience this town hall meeting. Apparently, they filled up the chairs, and that was enough. So they locked those folks out. They wouldn't even let them stand and listen through an open doorway in the hall. They decided to close the doors, which, of course, just erupted even more anger and and more conflict. And there have been other stories like that from around the country. Here in New Hampshire, things have been a little more subdued uh, in that there haven't been angry, chanting, uh, yelling protesters that I've seen at least yet. Certainly not all the video footage has come out from these, and they've been happening on different days. So I think they've just started. I'm not sure exactly how long they've been going on, but I get get the feeling that they're just kind of getting the ball rolling on this. I could be wrong about that. If you know more, please correct me at 800-259-9231. But up in Grafton, New Hampshire, a town of about, what, 1,500 people maybe? Dave Ridley from RidleyReport.com showed up with his video camera to ask some journalistic questions, because he's a journalist, uh, about the government health care plan, which was the purpose of the so-called town meeting that they'd invited people to anyway. Well, the lady that was running it, her name's Pam Slack. She's one of the city councilors from here in Keene, New Hampshire, working apparently also as a federal government bureaucrat for Senator Jean Shaheen. So collecting a paycheck from the city of Keene as a Keene city councilor and that's collecting a very small a pay- paycheck. Whatever. Uh, you know, she's getting it wherever she can and collecting a paycheck from the federal she's, office she's a serial, of She's a serial bureaucrat. Uh, I guess she's not Professional a Professional really bureaucrat. bureaucrat. Right. Politician. Well, she's a bureaucrat here if she's working for yeah, Senator true. Jean Shaheen as a representative of the senator. 
because they, even though they advertise the event that uh, the office of Senator Gene Shaheen will be in Grafton, that kind of misled people to believe that that meant that the Senator Gene Shaheen would be in Grafton. But in point of fact, it's just anybody that's her underling can go as the office of Gene Shaheen. So uh, so they, they shut out the protesters. They shut out questions. They started taking people one at a time. Instead of allowing everybody to come in and sit into a what, what is a normally considered a town hall meeting where people sit around and they get to hear from a speaker and they ask questions. Well, that's what they're used to around here. In New Hampshire. Right. Yes. We actually have town hall meetings here in New Hampshire. Right. And, uh, so you don't get to call it a town hall meeting and then do it like this, which is what they did was they told everybody to stand outside, wait in a line, and they would let people in one at a time to sit down with this one and Pam Slack and ask her questions. So that's where that kind of came to a close. At least I've only seen two of Dave's four videos so far because he only put them out. So Dave, hurry up and put them online at RidleyReport.com so we can see the rest. But there's going to be more video footage coming out from what happened here in Keene today. Sam Dodson from ObscuredTruth.com and I both went down to the Keene City Hall to see what was going on here in Keene. We figured there was going to be another town hall meeting. And I thought, huh, Keene City Hall, there's not a lot of room for a big meeting there. I was wondering if they were going to have it in some sort of meeting room, maybe up on uh, you know, the city's offices. And so I went up looking around for it. I went up to the second floor where there was, uh, you know, that's where all the district court shenanigans go on, where people get arrested for holding video cameras and things like that. And I asked the court bailiffs if they knew that there was some kind of meeting happening up on that floor, and they said they had no idea. So I went up to the third floor, which is where all the city offices are, most all of them. And I asked the lady there, and she said it's going on on the second floor. So I went down again to the second floor, and sure enough, it was happening uh, not in the district court side of the building, but there's other offices that are kind of back off in the, the back. And so I went back in there, and there's one office with a door that's kind of propped open. You can see light coming out from in there and, a little, and some voices. And so I pushed open the door. Sam's with me. I pushed open the door. I said, is this a public meeting? And they said, no, and you need to get out. And so, you know, I backed off. I figured, okay, private meeting in this particular location, whatever. I backed off. And that's when we called Shaheen's office, Senator Gene Shaheen's office, uh, to find out, well, aren't these public meetings? Weren't they advertised as such? People heard on the radio that they heard that this woman, Jean Shaheen, was going to come to these meetings and actually speak there. And so people were given the impression there was a couple folks out there, a couple ladies that were waiting to uh, to talk to somebody about the health care issue. They were under the impression they were going to get to uh, to see Senator Jean Shaheen, but she was nowhere to be found. It was just one of her underlings. And so there was definitely some misrepresentation of what was going on. And so Pam Slack, this city councilor, this underling for Gene Shaheen, was in that room with two guys. They come out of the room. Sam and I have our video cameras rolling, I think, at this point. I know I definitely had mine. And the two guys were very upset at us for interrupting their private session. Well, number one, the door was open. Number two, we were told this was going to be a public meeting. And that's all I went in there to ask was, is this a public meeting? Not to interrupt your little powwow. Now, these guys were dressed very professionally, and so it leads me to believe they're probably also bureaucrats that were uh, working together with this lady on something. I don't know what it was because we didn't hear their conversation. But then this uh, Pam Slack lady takes the woman who is sitting there with a story to tell into her office, and she makes it very clear to us that we are not to go in there, that this is, these are private one-on-one sessions, and that she would, uh, she would see one of us next. Okay, fine. So we wait around for a little bit, and then some of the uh, other activists started showing up. So we, we walked out for a little while, and we went down to meet some of them, and we came upstairs again. By that time, another lady 
was sitting there waiting to get in. So obviously she'd kind of taken our place in line. So she was going to be next. And she started asking us questions about being free staters and liberty activists here in New Hampshire. And she's she was pretty friendly toward us. Uh, she said she believes in smaller government, but she believes there should be some structure uh, to things. So kind of in your camp, Mark, a small government minarchist lady. And so she wasn't there to tell some sob story to the the. Uh, to the government bureaucrat, she was there to ask some questions, and you know she had some honest questions. We asked her if she wanted us to come in there with her. She said no. But later, there was a lady that showed up that did want us to come in with her. But by that time, Pam Slack had called off the meeting, which was supposed to be a two-hour-long session from 10 a.m. to noon. She called off the meeting after Brooke from the Freedom Ride showed up and went in and started asking questions that she didn't want to answer. So we had uh, Brooke on the show a few days ago calling us to let us know about the Freedom Ride. She showed up in Keene with her partner, Kat, uh, today. We probably had a good... Ten activists in the uh, the hallway outside this meeting at this point, waiting for this Pam Slack lady to come out from the meeting to take somebody else in there. Now, we figured if somebody wanted to have more than one person in there, shouldn't be a problem. This lady wanted nothing to do with that whatsoever. So Brooke reluctantly agreed to go in one-on-one with Pam Slack. A few moments later, this is what happened. She, she doesn't want to answer my questions. Okay, were you going to answer my questions, Pam? Where are you she going? Said, you're, l- you're done. Yeah. You're done. This is going till noon, I thought. Huh. There are all these people here with questions, Pam. What's going on? That is just a brief excerpt. I haven't had uh, a chance to really cut the audio out from all of the footage that we got today. But she storms out of the office and walks out of the room completely, saying she wasn't going to answer Brooke's questions. Brooke went in there one-on-one, just like Pam Slack wanted her to do, had some apparently tough questions. I don't even know what they were, but the woman storms out of the room. This is how she treats constituents, well, right? This is how they're going to treat uh, people that uh, get on the, you know, the, the government health care system, too. Mm-hmm. They don't have to do anything for you. Nope. They are not accountable. Not Your government is not accountable. So this continued to go on. She ended up coming back because she'd left her laptop and stuff like that in there. And by that point, Sam had actually gone in and set up his tripod in the office. So when she came back to the office, he was already in there waiting for her, which made for an interesting moment. She grabs her stuff. She goes uh, and leaves and, and, and runs upstairs to the city offices. Well, at this point... The, the other woman I told you about, who actually uh, did want us to kind of accompany her into this questioning session, into this private session, uh, she shows up and she's telling us she took the day, the day off to come here and meet with this woman. She figured this was going to be, number one, a meeting with the senator. Uh, it wasn't. And number two, that she would be able to actually meet with somebody. So she took the uh, the entire afternoon off from her job to show up, and she was not able to meet with this lady, even when we made it clear to her that she wasn't one of us and that she wasn't an activist or anything like that. This slack lady would not meet with this woman. It's amazing that just how they're treating people. 800-259-9231. I'm sure Sam is diligently working right now on getting a video of some of this stuff out. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. 
is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Just a few more thoughts about what has happened here uh, in New Hampshire and maybe happening across the country. We know that there's a lot of uproar about the government health care program and want to hear from you if you've been to one of the, if you managed to get inside one of these very exclusive so-called town hall meetings where they well, even been, if you didn't get inside we'd like to hear what your experience is right they've basically been letting uh their their constituents in meaning the people that already agree with them are allowed to come into the meetings and everybody else is uh, forced to stay outside and there have been things going on here in New Hampshire around that. I want to get back into it here in a moment. But first, I want to invite you here. If you found out that the best liberty activists from around the world were moving to the same place in order to achieve liberty in their lifetimes, would you want to join them? Well, it's happening, and you can be a part of it. Just join the Free State Project at freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. That is, if you want to be around hundreds and soon thousands of like-minded, liberty-loving people who are actually willing to take action to achieve freedom in their lifetimes. Freestateproject.org. And that's what we're talking about today as liberty activists converged upon the Keene, New Hampshire City Hall for what was purported to be a town hall meeting with someone from the office of uh, Gene Shaheen, one of the state senators here in New Hampshire. Turns out Gene Shaheen was nowhere around, even though it kind of sounded like she might have been there. It was advertised on the radio as though she would be. And uh, she wasn't there, but one of her underlings was. And the underling had no interest in meeting with people. She uh, had uh, she wanted to meet with people one on one, people who wanted to basically tell her a sob story about how awful the insurance companies are. And right, trust me, I don't think this healthcare situation we have today is very good. I think it's awful, but I think the government is going to make it worse, and it's the government why is why it's so bad today. Anyway, right. It seems clear that the uh, the 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 people running the country, the Democrats uh, currently in their ivory tower, really believe that the, the vast majority of Americans have so many health care problems that they're just going to come out in droves and support this in town hall meetings. And it's obviously that wasn't the case. But it's also clear that they must have had another purpose. And that other purpose was to find a few people that they could gather up so they could show them in front of Congress, look at these poor people and their mm-hmm. sad, sad story. Exactly. And, uh, no doubt there are people out there with sad, sad stories. I would I would uh, actually say that the vast majority of the reason for these people's sad story is for government inv- intervention up until this point. And it's been in, you know, involved in health care for, for years. So, you know, you can't the government can't just shed the blame of health care at this point. It bears much of the burden. But they just want to show these people, look, you've got to give us, we have to have socialized health care because this person's mama died and the insurance company, whatever it is that they say, they'll, uh, you know, it'll be sad, no doubt. And it is sad. Oh, yeah. But, um, you know, they were they're looking for these people so they can show them around. Well, they managed very motivating. They managed to piss them off today by, number one, not actually bringing the senator herself to the meeting, and number two, closing the damn meeting early because there were a handful of activists there that wanted to ask some tough questions. This woman, Pam Slack, one of the Keene City Councilors, who's a bit of a See You Next Tuesday, uh, she walks out of the office as Brooke from the Freedom Ride was asking her too many questions she didn't want to answer. She walks out and shuts down the meeting for the, for the next hour. So apparently the meeting that was going to be from 10 to noon was from 10 to 11, and she got to meet with all, all of three people, I think, uh, within that, uh, that period of time. So this other woman shows up who w- took the day off 
to meet with this lady, canceled her appointments to come out and meet and, and have some questions answered or talk to her about the health care issue. She was not one of us. She was not one of the activists. She was just an, a, a, a constituent who was there on her own volition. And Pam Slack didn't want to hear any of it. She didn't want to, She had been set off at this point and had just walked out the door. But before she walked out, she called the cops. She phones the police department. Keene Police sends down two police units to the building to protect Pam Slack from a bunch of activists who are not dangerous. They know that we're peaceful people. The activists around here have not gotten violent in any way, shape, or form. But this woman is so intimidated by the fact that we're around her with video cameras and, and, and trying to engage her in conversation, she goes to the police. So two cops show up, and even though they admit that they'd rather be doing something else, they admit that on camera, they won't leave until she leaves. So these cops, two of them, now there aren't a whole lot of cops on duty in Keene, New Hampshire on any given day. So I would say we had probably 50% of the squad. So two cops stand there and hover around the entire situation. They didn't threaten any activists or anything like that. They, they weren't uh, going after us, but they were just there monitoring what was happening they stood there for the for an entire half an hour while this woman came and went from the office doing who knows what she goes in there locks herself in for 10 minutes comes out later finally decides to leave the building the cops escort her out of the building and they spent at least a half an hour of police resources with two police officers on protecting this woman from absolutely nothing but questions and video cameras. Do you think you'd get that as an, the average individual? No, I don't think so. Nope. And that's just how it is. Them and us. Yep. It's just like the uh, the, the 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 Politburo members riding around in their Volgas, where uh, you know, while the rest of well, the rest of Russia yep. trudges around in the snow. So you'll see more of this uh, when Sam's videos out. The police we'll are there it. to protect and serve the state. You know, I know these yes. guys really want to be there to protect and serve the individuals, but that is not how they are allocated. They certainly didn't seem free to leave those cops. They only left after she did. Uh, so that's that's basically the rundown of my recollection of what happened today. There were a lot of activists there, and, and uh, that's just what happens here in New Hampshire. You can put a phone call out while something's happening. I put that Pork 411 out, which is a little service we have where you call a number and the message is delivered via email and to smartphones to hundreds of people. I put that call out 10 minutes into this event starting. And it took them a little while to get the message, but by 11 o'clock, we had a good amount of activists in that room. So another activism success today here in New Hampshire. Of course, uh, it, it's going to be a wonderful video. We've got footage that's, uh, I'm sure, being edited right to, uh, together right now that you'll be able to see some of this stuff. This woman is outrageous. She's so mean. She's so nasty. And she's got a nasty voice to go along with it. The most <laughs> nasally, nasty, bitchy voice you'll probably ever hear. So look forward to that. We'll announce it when it comes up here, and we'll take your calls about what you want. Have you been to one of these town hall meetings? Have you experienced what it's been like? There were fights breaking out in Tampa. They shut them down here in New Hampshire. They changed the format completely because a few people with video cameras and questions, tough questions, showed up. We're going to go to your phone calls. Let's go to Steve in South Carolina. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Steve. Hi, Ian and Mark. I was just asking, uh, I was talking to your screener, and I heard earlier, Ian, where you were talking about the uh, the protesters outside and and they were banging on the windows, and there weren't enough people, and this representative, female representative, was talking about health care and so on and so forth. And, yeah. And then you mentioned it, and it says, oh, well, you know, Glenn Beck. And I think, okay, well, 
Glenn Beck was the instigator. I mean, is there any proof to back that up? Did Glenn Beck say, she's going to be here, you need to be here at this time, blah, blah, blah. I think what the article said was that Glenn Beck had promoted some sort of group that was promoting this. So I don't know if he specifically said anything, but who cares? Well, the, the point is, is now that name's out, and he is, he is looking like an instigator. And, I, you know, without without even backing it up with proof or anything like that. Oh, hey, good. that's good for Glenn Beck. I wish it was our name. I, mean, yeah, I, wish, I, I wish, wish they would be saying that Free Talk Live instigated this. I'll bring it back here, Steve, if you've got more to say. Hang on. 800-259-9231. Actually, that reminds me of an interesting part of the story that I forgot to relay about the Ridley Report. They know who he is now down in Washington, D.C. We'll uh, explain here in moments. It's Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. Just dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are free, so enjoy those, including archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, just click and download. They're yours free at freetalklive.com. Audiblepodcast.com offers over 60,000 downloadable audiobooks, magazines, and radio shows for your iPod or MP3 player. You can... Try them out by downloading a free audiobook today. These are unabridged audiobooks. This isn't three or four hours of audio. In some cases, it's 50 and 60 hours of audio. Audiblepodcast.com slash FTL to try out a free one. That's audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. All right. We're going to go back to Steve in South Carolina. I believe he is still with us. We've been talking about these uh, town hall meetings that have been happening all across the country, which they've been shutting down. They've been shutting people out. They've been preventing people with tough questions and video cameras from coming in and uh, and participating in these things. Here in New Hampshire, they completely changed the format to what was a town hall meeting to something that was a one-on-one with constituents thing uh, where only certain constituents were allowed in to ask questions. So, Steve, your thoughts. Uh, what else did you want to add to this? Uh, thank you. And, Julie, I'm sorry I didn't address you earlier. She wasn't uh, here until now, so that's okay. Oh, okay. okay. Well, that's okay. Um, it's a ruse. To me, the whole thing's a ruse. It's staged... Uh, you know, like you said, they pinpoint who they want, they allow who they want, and then they push away who they don't want. Um, just yep. point out, Glenn Beck, uh, as an instigator, from my point of view, looking outside the box, means that the majority of these people that are showing up at these rallies are somewhat educated. They do care, and they are concerned. Yes. Um, but, uh, but like you said, they're cherry-picked. So the thing is, it's like, well, what we need to do is we need to we need to come up with a bad person, um, a scapegoat, if you will. So they're just I mean, they may be planting people there, and when the media comes out sure. and says, "Hey, we got you all riled up," oh, Glenn Beck, Rush Limbaugh, whatever the case may be, 
That's a and much that, that's a much more mild version of what they could do, and that is plant somebody to really start things, uh, to really stir up some violence. That's what the police have been known for in many instances of protesters. They'll infiltrate with one of their own, uh, an unmarked you know cop basically, an out of uniform cop and plainclothes, and he'll go in and start agitating for violence or throw a beer bottle or something like that, and then that'll maybe set somebody else off and give the police to, uh, the excuse to come in and crack some heads doesn't seem like that's been happening, but it's a possibility, and it's a pretty disturbing one. I agree. However, you know as well as I do that socialism uh, and the Democratic Party use subversion, and subversion takes time. So when we started back in the 50s with the socialists teaching college classes and the teachers actually brainwashing these people and bringing them on and on and on, then, you know, what the best way to do something is little by little by little. And the change is so mild that people don't really notice it. And by the time it comes to fruition, they're thinking, oh, it's been this way all along. So, hey. Yeah. You're right, and this leap. is really an indicator. This the 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 angry reaction from a lot of Americans to this government health care proposal is a real indicator of how this isn't exactly an incremental change. I mean, if I think you're absolutely right, Steve, that generally when the government goes and passes some new legislation, there's very little opposition to it. You don't see people filling rooms full of people spilling out into the hallways to uh, debate changes to the education system at the federal level or any of these minor things that they're, they're doing on a consistent basis that you're right is incrementing the tyranny up just little by little. This is a pretty big tyrannical jump, and so people are, are they're, they're perceiving that, and they're getting active and they're doing what they're being told to they're they're doing what they're always telling us they're telling us here in Keene, where there are a lot of outside the system civil disobedience activists they always say the same thing well if you don't like the system you need to work within the system to change it and it's just what i was talking about last night about how whenever you actually try to work within the system to change the system you find out that that's flipping impossible these people are going to just express themselves just going to ask questions going to make a, a stand for their beliefs and they're being shut out completely from the system and being shut out from the process, just like the Ron Paulites were shut out from the Republican Party conventions. These people are being shut out from these supposedly public town halls. You can't win in a system designed to perpetuate tyranny and statism. I know that. You know that because you ran for office. Right, and I actually got a larger percentage of the vote than I ever expected to, so that was was about 23%, something like that? It was 23%, I think. What happened to you, Julia? Why, Why were you so turned off? Um, I, I don't know. The entire process was pretty, just hanging out with all those fake people who were fake nice to me. Some of them would even say that to me. The counselors, the Basically, I don't like you and I don't like what you believe in, but I'll be nice to you. Mm -hmm. It it just, being around that was not pleasant. And they, they of course were writing things about you on blogs and coming in and harassing you at your place of business when you were definitely not at your place of business to do politics. I mean, they you you could really tell that this was a cl- it's a club for these people, and mm-hmm. they only let certain people in the club, or they only want to let certain people in the club, and they absolutely felt threatened by the fact that I had sort of crossed into their political realm, and they really didn't like it, and they they all bound together to try to scare me away from it and i mean it worked in a sense not that it was scary, but in that it was unpleasant enough for me never want to do it again. Steve, any other thoughts for us tonight? Yes, uh, Julia made a very good point. You can only attack when it hasn't been put into law. Once it's been put into law and they tell you to live, you know, you go ahead and, and work through the system and change, change the system after it's already been implemented, it is a lost cause. 
The only time you can do it is before it gets implemented. It's yeah. certainly That's easier that way. How many laws get repealed or I don't know why that sounded funny. Repealed. Yeah, that's right. I put the emphasis on the wrong part of the word. It sounded funny after I said it. Sorry. Didn't bother me. Uh, so you're asking how many laws have been repealed in general? Ever. I mean, yeah. laws are on the books. Old, stupid laws that don't make sense anymore. They don't take those away. No, they're busy they making keep, laws. Yeah, putting new laws in. Well, they call themselves lawmakers. So it just shows you right there where their viewpoint is and what their perspective is all about. They want to make laws, not erase them, not delete them. Steve, thank you for the call and the input tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at 800 259 9231. As I said before, I don't know how new these uh, town hall meetings where they're propagandizing for the government-run healthcare system are. I feel like they're pretty brand new. So there may be one coming to your town soon. And I'm not sure how you find out about them. We found out through going to Senator Jean Shaheen's website, but she's a senator for the state of New Hampshire. So obviously that's not going to be good for anybody outside of the state of New Hampshire. I don't know if there's some central clearinghouse for this effort. I don't know if it's the Obama's site. I don't know where you find this information. We found it last minute. It was not very well promoted, at least that I could see. So look, dig around. See if you can find out when this is happening near you. Get some of your friends together and go out to one of these things and see what it's like. Bring your video cameras and bring your tough questions and see how they treat you. And then call us and let us know what happens. All right, we're continuing here. Randy is in Pennsylvania. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Randy. Hello. Hey, what's on your mind? I have three uh, comments, uh, one about health care. Uh, I would recommend to anyone the uh, Fred Thompson last weekend video, which I will email to you if I knew how to do it, uh, where I believe a former uh, lieutenant governor of New York called in and gives page and paragraph references to portions of the health care bill, which... Uh, she equates to euthanasia. Oh dear! Uh, very specifically about uh, senior citizens have to be counseled regularly about how they want to end their life in in uh, lieu of care. The uh, the uh, Obama campaign, the White House has sent out an email on this to uh, through Change.org, and uh, they've said that you know this this is not true. And if you see people spreading emails about this, please send those has, emails she, to flag um, flag at uh, WhiteHouse.gov. They want you to snitch on your neighbors for talking about this. Mm-hmm. Well, this this is a uh, former state office holder in New York State who is giving page and paragraph reference. And one of the pages is 425, I recall. There is some pretty disturbing stuff in this bill. It's huge, and you know that they're not going to read it. I I know if you've got more, hang on. We'll bring it back. 800-259-9231 plus the Ridley Report has made a splash in Washington, D.C. We'll tell you how we found out about this one uh, a little bit uh, later. And take your calls about anything. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. Free Talk Live, it's your show, and you can bring up anything if you dial toll-free, 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can do that by becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. We take that money in, reinvest it into the show, getting on more radio stations across the country, bringing more Internet listeners on board, and exposing new people to the ideas 
of freedom. You get perks, too, like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more. All the details are at amp.freetalklive.com. Plus, as Mark mentioned earlier, and I should probably mention more often, I mentioned this earlier this week, that amplifiers get access to a special AMP-only podcast that is essentially a pre-recorded commercial-free version of the show. You're still going to hear us do our live reads when we get back into the show segments, but it's missing the the ads that we put in our regular podcast. So you get a little extra perk. Uh, go to amp.freetalklive.com to learn more about the program and get on board as we go back to Randy in Pennsylvania. Randy, you're back on Free Talk Live. We've been discussing in depth the issue of these government propaganda seminars that are going on all over the country uh, that are propagandizing people for the idea of more government-run health care, a more so government-run system. And your thoughts. Go ahead and continue. Well, my second comment I'd like to make would be about the uh, your reference to the uh, Ridley film where the uh, the guy has the deer in the headlights look when he says, would you participate in uh, civil disobedience and so on? Yes. And I, and I there's no more an- anonymity in the process where you can participate as merely a citizen because with the information age, they have a long, long arm. Mm-hmm. I'd like to give you a, a real quick example. I was present in August 24th 2004 at Jefferson High School at Hedgesville, West Virginia, and George Bush made a brief appearance there in a public high school uh, athletic field, and he made a flip-through speech where he had a plastic-paged book, and he'd he'd read a sentence or two, and then he'd flip the page. There must have been large block letters. (laughs) But anyhow, he made some comment about weapons of mass destruction, which was very... uh, much passe by 2004, mm-hmm. and some guy, uh, uh, an ordinary-looking guy standing uh, near the front said, tell the truth, whereupon these fat guys came out of nowhere and scooped him up and literally carried him out of the public school tax-supported ground mm-hmm. and put him under, uh, turned him under the police where he was held under arrest. And that's all he said. No expletives, mm. no anything. And the local NBC affiliate uh, did a pretty good follow-up job with the guy. The guy was a draftsman working for a defense contractor-related firm, and he he almost immediately lost his job. And he, oh. he had stable employment before that. Wow. They, he, they put him on the they put him on a no-fly list, and they apparently followed him around when he made job applications to try to get reemployed and they had him on months later and he still was unemployed and i think he was with the previous firm for uh, 9 years so when it, when you say to a guy are you going to talk into a video camera about your plans for civil disobedience uh, i think there's a stealth secret police thing that we all suspect if we don't know it we suspect it there's a there's a uh, KGB type thing that goes beyond all the normal process. Hey, I realize, Randy, that they're scary people. I mean, the government people are frightening. They're dangerous. They've got cages. They've got guns. They're willing to put you into their cages. They're willing to point your, their guns at you. And I understand that the the fear. And what you're suggesting is here that maybe this gentleman would do civil disobedience of some sort, but he didn't want to admit as such on camera. On camera. Uh, maybe uh, you're maybe you're right identified. about that. Maybe maybe you're right about that. But and the other the other comment I have is a very quick one uh, on NBC News. Brian Williams and the White House correspondent 
did everything but say right-wing conspiracy, uh, vast right-wing conspiracy. They put more spin on those town meetings than I've ever seen them do. I mean, they 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 blamed it all on uh, on Limbaugh and and Nazi uh, terminology and stuff like that, as though there was no righteous way a person would go to a town meeting and want to be admitted. Uh, unless they were a radical uh, conspiracy group member of some kind. And, yeah. Uh, yep. They they really have been painting people with a with a broad brush, and of course that's just how the government people think, is they think in groups. You know, it doesn't matter to them uh, if you're an individual. If you're seen as associating with certain other individuals, then you're just the same as them. And so that's right. why in a room full of a dozen activists here today all of whom had legitimate questions they wanted to ask this woman who was supposedly representing the government health care plan, she refused to answer any of them. She refused to talk to any of those folks. When she brought one of them in, in her office, she asked some questions. She storms out. It's, it's amazing. I thank you for the call tonight, and I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. You know what? They actually put out a press release since he mentioned how they've been kind of bad-mouthing these activists that have been showing up at the, t- the town hall meetings. This press release came out yesterday from Jean Shaheen's office. Now, Jean Shaheen is the new, one of the New Hampshire senators, and she had Dave Ridley from the Ridley Report uh, and a few other protesters show up at a recent event in Grafton. Well, shortly after, they put this out. Hordes of organized protesters have been showing up at office hours hosted by staff members of U.S. Senator Jean Shaheen, intimidating people who had come to get help from the senator's office on personal issues. The protests have been organized by the New Hampshire Tea Party Coalition and other groups opposed to health care reform. Protesters were present at office hours held today in Grafton and yesterday in Hampstead. Now, they're calling them office hours here in this press release. And what that's suggesting is that there's apparently uh, these representatives of the senator supposedly go and they hold office hours for a couple hours a week at various different cities around the state of New Hampshire. And that's what they're saying. They're saying all this was was just another office hours. This wasn't a town hall meeting. We didn't send out any invitations that said that uh, the office of Gene right. Shaheen will be in Grafton today. Come out and, and see, her, see them. This was just one of our regular office hours. And all these protesters showed up. And, you know, uh, by the way, Obama's coming to uh, Portsmouth here to uh, That'll know, be some, fun. some high school and they're go- on uh, Friday and they're going to be I'm sure there's going to be activists out there. Oh, they're making planes already. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be huge. And who knows how they're going to spend that? The fact is, hey, look, enough Americans don't want this crap that you shouldn't sh- shove it down their throats. Here's the rest of the press release from Shaheen's office. She said in her release, it's a disgrace for an organization to deliberately try to prevent people from getting help from their elected representatives. The people who come to my office for help are veterans needing assistance with the VA, senior citizens who need help with Social Security, and small business owners who are having trouble in our tough economy. New Hampshire citizens have a right to get the help they need from the federal government, and their rights have been trampled on. I I like the point about small business owners who are in trouble, because I could think of something off the top of my head that would make things a little easier for them. Ending taxes? Uh, yeah, S- sales tax. Um, well, if there was less rules and regulations as far as having to pay, uh, I mean, there. Anyone who's actually run a business, and I don't, 
I'm I don't work from a like a mom and pop type business, but mm-hmm. still the amount of money that one has to give to the government is amazing. It's, it's what I mean, hundreds of dollars a day or something like just that. Just in the sale in the sales tax, I guess there's technically no sales tax in New Hampshire, but there's this there prepared is for food. Mo- meal tax and it just went up and we give uh the state of New Hampshire almost like anywhere from three hundred to five hundred dollars every single day. Every day. Every day. And yours isn't the most busy store in the in the state. No, not even close. Uh, the regularly scheduled office hours, continues the press release, are a way for Shaheen's constituent service staff to get out into the community and be accessible to constituents with problems. These staff members are trained to help constituents navigate the federal government to get the help they need. They regularly travel across the state to meet with New Hampshire citizens in town halls and regional offices. Oh, see, they were just meeting with them in a town hall. They weren't holding a town hall where people were invited to come to, even though they sent out invitations. They weren't holding a town hall. They were just having private one-on-one office hours in the town hall. See, you can understand where the confusion came in there, right? Well, you know, obviously when they they sent out these, they've been calling these town hall meetings. They've been doing it on the news, nationally and locally. The fact is, people have the expectation, and when you do not meet expectations, you are going to have some angry people. People did not get the expectations, you know, have their expectations met, and they're upset. They were upset that you're going to steal their money in order to pay for health care and uh, you know, destroy the, the, the you know healthcare as it is in this country, and they're upset that you didn't meet their expectations. On top of that, these are not town hall meetings, but rather office hours that we host in town halls across the state. Never seen it before. In order to make our caseworkers available to New Hampshire citizens who need help, I believe that they have that. There's a I section help on their website from these people, and There's, I'm a New Hampshire citizen. Right? They don't want to answer your questions, Mark. Your questions are the wrong questions. You're not allowed to ask them. 800-259-9231. Now, they do have these office hours things. They're listed on their website, but it was my impression and the impression they gave through sending out invitations to this particular office hours that this was going to be an open to the public event, and it wasn't. Hour three's coming up. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and we are launching into the third hour of the program. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. So coming up here, Mark, you're going to tell us about a $600,000 fine. We'll tell you what it was for here in a moment. Plus, uh, Julia has a story for us about a jailed young man for the wrong reasons. But first, uh, just to continue, a few more thoughts on this lengthy discussion we've been having about the town hall sessions. And I know we've got new listeners on board here for hour number three. So if you've been out to one of these town hall government propaganda show meetings where they're supposed to be uh, giving you information and answering questions about the government's new plan to take over the insurance companies, uh, I know that's not what they're saying it will do, but if you take a look at the program, that's effectively what's going to happen is the government is going to, if they get their way, the government people will start their own insurance program and then enter the market to compete with the existing companies. 
And, of course, as anybody can point out that's paying somewhat close attention, that means those companies are going to go out of business because the government doesn't have to play by the same rules. The government isn't sub- subject to market signals like those companies are. They don't have to be concerned with things like satisfying customers or anything like that. And with all the new government regulations they're going to be putting on the, the existing insurance companies, it's going to drive them right out of business. One of the, the best examples is that they're going to force all insurance companies to accept everybody that comes to their doors, regardless of what their pre-existing condition is. So it doesn't matter if you've got cancer eating up the insides of your body, that insurance company will have to accept you and absorb your costs into their cost of doing business, which means they'll have to raise their prices And, of course, government can keep their prices low, artificially low, because they can bring in subsidies from somewhere else. So the fact, just the fact that alone, that they'll have to cover everybody that walks through their doors, regardless of their condition, that's enough, in my opinion, to put them out of business right off, I mean, in in a fairly short order. So that's what's coming. That's what's happening. And people are rightfully pretty upset about it. They've been showing up in droves at these town hall meetings around the country. Uh, they've been protesting. They've been angry. There have been fights that have broken out. I don't, I don't support violence at all, but I'm just telling you what has happened. People are pretty upset about this stuff. And here in New Hampshire, some protesters showed up. One of them had a video camera, Dave Ridley from RidleyReport.com. I guess he's not a protester. He's a journalist. But he was with and hanging out with the protesters and had some tough questions, so they wouldn't let him any, uh, ask any questions. They wouldn't let him near them. They tried to get him out of the building, and then they closed the, the, They got him out of the building and closed the door behind him. And so I was reading the press release, and I just thought it was worth finishing here, from Jean Shaheen. She's the one of the New Hampshire senators, and she's been holding these meetings. as she call, They've been called town hall meetings. They've been advertised as town hall meetings. But what she's saying is, well... We didn't actually intend to have town hall meetings. We intended to have one-on-one sessions, private sessions with constituents inside town hall buildings. See, that's the difference. But if you actually have questions that are critical, if you have questions that are questioning of the system itself and the plan, then they won't meet with you. In fact, they'll storm out of the office after you've asked your questions of them. That's what we found out this afternoon at the the Keene version of this, this particular meeting. Uh, 800-259-9231 is the number here. So here's the remainder of the uh, here's the remainder of the uh, the press release from Jean Shaheen's office. She says these aren't town hall meetings, but rather office hours that we host in town halls across the state in order to make our caseworkers available to New Hampshire citizens who need help. I've never seen this before. Well, now they believe now this supposedly goes on on a regular basis. May very well. Yeah. I've never seen it before. Uh, well, you're not looking to meet with Senator Jean Shaheen or they've her never, people. They've never offered to. Uh, look, I know exactly what's going on at the town hall in my town. It has not happened it in my town. It may not happen at your at your town. It may only happen in select locations. Why uh, would they not select mine? I don't know. Go to the go to the website and get the full list if you'd like. But uh, they say the organizations that staged these protests knew these weren't town hall meetings because we called them to tell them so. I recognize the the right of people on both sides of the aisle to protest, but impeding the ability of New Hampshire citizens to get the help they need is a line that shouldn't be crossed. They should be ashamed. Spin, spin, spin. They've called these uh, town hall meetings. She's just lying. She's a politician. You know she's lying because her lips are moving. Well, what she's saying here is that uh, they called the organizations that staged the protests. Well, I can tell you one thing. The folks in Grafton that showed up for this here in New Hampshire, that, that showed up, uh, the activists, they aren't part of an organization you called Ms. Shaheen. 
You didn't call the Grafton activists because there's no phone number. They're decentralized. They all do their own thing. They don't take orders from some central bureaucracy that's saying, okay, you, you, and you, go here to Grafton and uh, hold some signs and go in with video cameras. Right. That's not how this movement works. Now, there may be organizations like that here in New Hampshire. I'm sure there are. Uh, but the activists that you were dealing with, Dave Ridley from RidleyReport.com, he's an independent. He's not out there following people's orders. So your press release or your phone calls to these organizations fell on dead ears because they didn't reach probably most of the people that you were trying to dissuade from showing up. Did you get a phone call? I sure did not get a phone call. How about hmm. that? You would think. I'm sure that they view you as like the one of the leaders. Of Unfortunately, the, they seem to. Yeah, I'm sure they see it that way. So I'm. you didn't get a phone call. Nope. Uh, and, and we found out about it uh, just early this morning. So you'd think they would have given us a heads up and told us not to come before that. Uh, says Maybe here, they know better than that. Yeah, that well, would be foolish. Right. <laughs> uh, the last paragraph of the press release is, Earlier this week, some protest groups emailed and pote- uh, pros- posted online misleading descriptions of Shaheen's staff office hours. The mislabeling of the meetings was intended to drum up protesters who've been given instructions to disrupt town meetings. At the Hampstead... I, wait, I thought they weren't town meetings. No, anyway, at the Hampstead office hours held yesterday, dozens of screaming protesters showed up holding anti-health care placards and videotaping Shaheen staff and others who arrived at the town hall. In Grafton today, constituents coming to discuss personal matters asked the protesters to stop videotaping them, but the protesters refused. Which is not true. I mean, they're putting everybody into the same group, right? Uh, Dave Ridley. All the protesters said right. no. Dave Ridley was in one unison, went like yeah. a, like a chorus. No, no, no. It no. was Dave Ridley. He was the one that was inside the building. I don't know who else had video cameras. I haven't seen that any was other not footage. Not Hampstead, though. No, they were talking about Grafton. They said that in Grafton today, they uh, personal people coming to discuss personal matters asked the protesters to stop, but they refused. Dave Ridley was asked by someone to stop rec- to not record them. And you can see in his video, in his second video, he very kindly cuts them out of the footage. He promised them he First would not. Too. He promised them that uh, he would not include that that person in his in his news report, and he didn't, because he pointed out that he has respect for a private person asking him to do that. If a private person in public asks him to not film, he will do his best to not film that person. Unless they're being a belligerent a-hole, in which case he might decide to change his mind about that. But if he's asked nicely not to film, he won't do it. He's a professional journalist. That's how he does things. The story there is about the government bureaucrats and what's going on with them. And he doesn't care, and he shouldn't care, if they don't give him permission to film. Which is what uh, Pam Slack, the woman who was uh, in Keene today representing the senator, told me. I don't give you permission to film. Well, I don't need your permission, Pam. You work for the government. You're on government. You're on you. You're a public employee on public property. Now, to the cops' credit, they were there. She called the cops on us because we were asking her questions and had video cameras. The cops were monitoring the entire time. They never once threatened to arrest any of us. They just stood there and watched the whole situation. So even as she was saying saying out loud, "I don't give you permission to film," the cops didn't do anything to stop me. So clearly. I don't need your permission. No, and I still wouldn't need your permission even if the cops did step, uh, step in. Because you're in a public place, and you're a public official. So, on the job, on the record, as Dave Ridley would say. It goes on to say that the protesters were told over and over again that Shaheen staff were there for office hours with constituents, but continued to protest anyway. Well, how dare they? Yeah, how can you imagine? Dare. We are going to write a press release talking about how upset we are that people are protesting our office hours. 
Well, it's America, and luckily we do still have some freedom to assemble, some freedom to protest, and damn, we should use those freedoms while we still have the opportunity. I think that those things should be encouraged. 1-800-259-9231. All right, that's about it. Oh, the one thing was Dave Ridley. We were on the phone with uh, Gene Shaheen's office in Washington, D.C., Sam was uh, talking to them on the phone, trying to find out if this was indeed intended to be a public event. After he'd asked one or two questions, the guy asks out of nowhere, is this the Ridley Report? So the guy running the phones down in D.C. at this New Hampshire senator's office knew about the Ridley Report. It was present, uh, present in his mind enough that that was one of the first questions he asked us when we were on the phone with him. So way to go, Dave Ridley. You really made an impression. All right, more on the way here. You take control. Bring up what you want. 18 months in jail for what? Find out. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Julia. And Mark. Inviting you to our website, freetalklive.com. We have the bulletin board system with over 450,000 posts. There's a lot to talk about from serious issues to fun stuff. And you'll find it all free at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early-out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows that the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful. They record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy. So um, you can uh, see that your business will be handled as efficiently as possible. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. SACL CAI. All right, toll-free, 800-259-9231. Let's continue taking your phone calls about what you want. Frank is in New York, and you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Frank. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Listen, I want to thank you all for the uh, good suggestions that you uh, uh, provided me with regarding jury duty and the notion of resistance. But hearing the discussion again tonight on the uh, uh, socialized medicine, I just wanted to reiterate this point that everyone on both sides of the divide regarding uh, socialized medicine and the single-payer system apparently fails to understand the nature of private, commercial, for-profit insurance corporations always follow this rule. This is inevitable in the insurance business. When liabilities exceed the premiums received, the insurance company declares bankruptcy and goes out of business leaving the clients or beneficiaries uninsured. Mm -hmm. Therefore, it must be a single-payer system uh, as every other national health system in the world has. We're the only country in the world that doesn't have one. And the reason why this is a fact, because it's a a demographic certainty. Uh, Just think of the beginnings of the private HMOs and the many insurers that were in the business 20, 25 years ago, uh, when the baby-booming population was the largest and they were in their youth and sort of, uh, you know, the young years. Now when you look and see that the baby-boomers are starting to retire, their costs are exceeding the premiums paid. Therefore, that's why so many of the HMOs and private corporate health insurers are out of business. And I wanted to remind you that next well, month, Warren Buffett's AIG company is going to come back to Washington begging for another 168 or $180 billion. Frank, I, I just want to continue. So I just wanted to, to, I want you as economists and business people to understand that. And I want to Well, now hold on, Frank, before you, before you go on, 
I think what you're presenting here is a false choice. Uh, you're suggesting that it's either going to be the system we have today or this single payer, this government-run health insurance or this government-run health care program, and that's not necessarily the case. I think you've heard this show long enough to know that none of us on this program are fans of the status quo. We don't that's think all right. we you don't, don't think that be, everything but is. You have to understand the economics of this. And historically, well, in the now, Great wait a Depression, minute, only two companies in the insurance business survived, Massachusetts Indemnity and uh, MetLife. All the other companies lost their assets. They declared bankruptcy and reincorporated with their old names. So that is a historical fact that any economic historian can research. And I just wanted to make that point. I'm not necessarily for... Uh, the Obama health plan, but the point is... But you're for, sing, you're, you're for universal health care. You're for yes, government-run health care. not necessarily the Obama plan. I don't care whose plan it is, Frank. I don't care what the details are. If it involves money being stolen from me, then I have an objection to it. Well, you should have the option to opt out of it if you choose not to. That's what they should offer. But the people that have paid their Medicaid and their Social Security for years and years and years... We, taught, we call these things entitlements. The people have actually paid it through their federal income taxes and their Social Security withholding from the employers. So this, you have to get the terms and the actuality straight. And you guys are much younger than I am. I'm a baby boomer. So you guys are probably 20, 30 years younger. But the point is that my generation had no choice about these matters. And to see them go bankrupt after paying half of your income to these tax programs with the government and receiving nothing is an abomination. But do you understand, and, Frank, that in order to pay out, you're right, the government has taken those people's money and it has spent, th- spent that money. So and in order to pay out to those too, folks, sure. Frank, in order to pay out to those folks, they're going to have to take money from the working class of today, regardless of what, and I understand you said that people should I be able to opt that. out. So should I be able to opt out of paying into the program that pays those people? I, th- I think you should be. You should, okay. I think we should all have the chance. And the Great. people that have paid their taxes... So then you the don't years, support universal health care. Repeat? You, you, so then if you believe that people can opt out, then you don't support the concept of government-run health care. No, I do support it. But if people want to, want to opt out... I think they should have that option. So, but, but wait, so I can opt out into out. wait, I can opt out into a marketplace where there are no private health care options? No, there won't be because no insurance company will take that. It's a financial impossibility for them. They'd rather insure high-risk space flight insurance, or they would rather insure financial derivatives that are an abstraction. That's really the world of underwriting right now. And they've lost tremendous amounts of money with the economy since there's virtually no shipping over the last year compared to the last 10 or 20 years. So they have to make money up somewhere. And when you think of insurance or underwriting, always remember this economic probability law. Whenever you take a loss, whenever they take a loss, the only way to, to break even or to make a significant small profit is to double the premiums. It's kind of like going to the roulette table and you say that uh, you will break even provided you're able to double each of your losses. Thank you, Frank. I appreciate the call tonight. Uh, I, you know, 
I'm no fan of the insurance companies. I think they're in bed with the government. They have utilized the government to get to where they are. I don't have insurance, and I don't want insurance right now. And that that something, as I understand it, at least what Obama is proposing is basically forcing me to get health insurance, even though I don't want to pay for it, and threatening to take money out of my paycheck if I refuse. That's the proposal. So I I, I don't like insurance companies. I don't want insurance. I, that if I have an issue, I go to a doctor who takes cash. So, yep. I mean, people... I, I can't afford insurance right uh. now, but I'm not looking to steal other people's money or force them into a system that's going to benefit me. And in the past, people were able to take care of themselves. In the past, before these government, uh, these government promoted insurance companies, because the insurance industry is heavily regulated by the state, and so it's impossible, next to impossible to start up a new As company. As is the healthcare industry. Yeah, well, right, the insurance you, industry I being mean, a section of that, yes. Basically, what you have is a healthcare industry that's run a lot by government, and and people that are for socialized medicine make it look bad because the healthcare system we have is it's expensive. Bad. It's bad, yeah. but it's not a free market health system. Mm-hmm. It's not even close. But yet people will still label it as a free market health system. And but very it's... few things move towards the free market. Most of them move towards bigger government. Um, and, and I understand people's frustration with the current system that we have today. I get it. I, I'm frustrated too. Right, but look back into the past where you had things like mutual aid societies. Uh, I don't know if insurance programs existed back then. I don't know that much about that time. But I do know that people that needed taken care of were taken care of by their community, by people that cared, individuals that gave a damn about other people. And the, the further you get toward the government system, the farther away you get from people who actually care. Because the government system isn't going to be run by people that care. They won't have an incentive to care. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Help Free Talk Live via the AMP program for just $3 per month, and you'll get access to exclusive call-in lines, a chat room, and a forum at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line tonight. It's Ian with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features, they are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Features including our Facebook profile. You can go to facebook.freetalklive.com and become a fan. And you can get something. I don't know. You can network with some of the other Free Talk Live listeners or you can read our updates through our facebook profile at facebook.freetalklive.com somebody needs to give me a better sales pitch for the facebook profile like i know that facebook is hot it's the big thing for social networking on the on the internet maybe that's enough maybe it's just cool enough that free talk live has a facebook profile but i don't know it just doesn't have that sizzle anyway facebook.freetalklive.com is there if you want it let's go to jen in new hampshire i think it's jen you're on free talk live Hi, guys. Thanks for everything that you're doing. Actually, I'm Representative Jen Coffey. I represent six towns in the state of New Hampshire. Now, how can you do that, Jen? How can I do that? Because <laughs> <laughs> we have a real citizen legislature here. <laughs> I, I understand. I, I, I'm just trying to uh, hold your feet to the flames because I don't personally believe you can really represent anybody but yourself. I mean, obviously, if you're in a room with three other people, uh, it's probably un- very unlikely you'll be able to efficiently represent all three of those folks because they're likely going to disagree on some things. All that aside, what were you calling about tonight? Well, I think I wanted to set the record straight. I, the Concord Monitor, which is one of our local papers here, made a comment today calling protesters disrupt town hall, mm-hmm. referring to one of Shaheen's 
town hall meetings that happened in the town of Grafton. And I went there, and I went there because I had constituents contacting me and saying, hey, you know, we want our issues addressed. We write letters, we call, we get back these standardized, canned responses that don't address our issues. Mm-hmm. So I felt like it was my responsibility to go up there and, and have them heard. Sure. Were you there allowed was to? No disruption. There were people out there with signs, sure, but nobody was yelling, nobody was screaming. We all went in, we all sat down. There was a gentleman there who was from Internet Media trying to tape, and they got very angry with him. And in my perspective, hey, this is a public forum, yeah. this is a public meeting. Media has every right to be there and record something, especially something that's taking place on a Thursday morning when everybody else is working how easy is it to see your elected official that's supposed to represent you when you're holding a meeting at 11 a.m not very easy no very important for media to be able to be there everybody was being polite before the whole thing gets started they kick everybody out of the room and say you know there's just too many people in this room we're going to move it next door to the firehouse Hmm. so the fire chief goes out there and diligently moves three trucks out of the base when he's moving the third truck, all of a sudden they make an announcement, and they say, oh, we're not going to move. We want you all to line up, uh-huh. and we'll let you in one at a time. That's right. How's that a town hall meeting? I don't think it is. So so then, so then, my suspicions were correct, because I wasn't quite clear that they had actually kicked people out from sitting down in what was a large area, because they were trying to make it sound like this was never intended to be a town hall meeting. The press release after the fact says that, no, 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 these weren't town hall meetings. They were one-on-one meetings we were having with constituents, and they happened to be happening in town halls. So you're saying that wasn't the case until Dave Ridley showed up with his video camera. Then they decided to shut it down and really clamp down. It, it would seem right after he did that, and there was a mm-hmm. few of us that sat there and said, hey, you know, the media's got a right to tape this. Absolutely. You have a right to not. If you don't want to be recorded, that's fine. And he was very respectful to say, you know what, I won't put you on tape if you don't want to be recorded. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. He was never disrespectful to anyone. He simply stated he wanted to, you know, capture this moment on tape so people could see it. And I think that's well within the rights. Well, he certainly did capture an interesting story so far, and folks can go and see it for themselves at RidleyReport.com and just watch as these bureaucrats squirm and refuse to answer his questions and avoid him. And then, as you're saying, Jen, they kicked everybody out of the room, saying they were going to move it outdoors or to a different location, changed their minds, then locked, uh, locked up and told everybody they could come in one at a time and they could stand outside and wait. And they had all these people standing outside in the hot sun. There were older people there. Nobody's offering them water. Nobody's Mm -hmm. offering them a chair. And I was there for two hours, and when I left, there were people still standing out there. They had, and then also in their press release, they make a note of saying that this was something that was about hearing constituents' concerns, like somebody who's a veteran and needs help. They had a flyer that advertised what this was supposed to be about, Mm -hmm. and it specifically stated health care and tax and cap. Those were the two bold print issues that were written on this flyer. Yeah, and they don't. And send they also out... called it a town meeting. Well, I don't know if they said that on the flyer. I haven't seen the the full flyer. The flyer only... didn't specifically say that. So if they want to get around did. with that, they probably can. The town of Grafton had a flyer up that said it was a town hall meeting. In the end, when people you know protested the fact that they kicked everybody out and they wanted to let them in one on one. They said, oh, no, that was the town of Grafton's mistake, and that was done also by the media saying mm-hmm. that it was a town hall meeting, and that wasn't our intention. Even though they uh, – I'm pretty sure if these office hours, as they're calling them, because what they're saying is, oh, we normally are here, and we just have office hours, and all these protesters showed up, and they ruined our office hours. 
Uh, that's that's what they're trying to say. But they don't send out invitations weekly to their constituents. They don't send out. They don't have the money to do that. They they mailed these invitations out to people uh, in the Grafton area, and they invited them to come to this particular meeting. And it was, as you're saying, going to be a town hall. Then Dave Ridley shows up with a video camera, and they completely changed their behavior and are now changing their story. One uh, doing a total 180. It's amazing. I don't think it was entirely because of Dave Ridley. I think that they realized that the vast majority of people that were there mm. are not in favor of government-run health care, don't want to see the, the cap-and-trade policies go through, and they realized that these people were not going to be speaking in favor of that. I think they wanted to try and reduce that down, but I, I think it's also important that people realize that I want to talk to my elected official. Whether or not I vote for you doesn't matter. If you're in office, you have a responsibility, a constitutional responsibility, to represent the people you're elected to do so with. Ah, uh, but responsibility is so. Staff. But responsibility is so much different from an obligation. They're obviously not obligated to do anything because they're clearly not doing it. They're not meeting with people that want to meet with them and ask them tough questions. Well, then they're... they need to go back and read their constitution because well. I'm an elected official and I know it's my job to serve the people who put me in office, and, and that's it, plain and simple. I took an oath to uphold that. Everybody does. And you need to take that seriously or you need to not run. Well, thank you for that. Uh, and I know, Jen, that you are one of the uh, – you're a Free State Project member, right? Actually, I am, yes. So you are one of the, is it four or six free four. staters that's actually elected to New Hampshire representative? There's four of us, but we all vary differently on our political perspectives. I have a tendency to call myself a Goldwater Ron Paul Republican with libertarian leanings. How's that for a mouthful? <laughs> well, I, I, I understand the feeling. Um, the, <laughs> it's kind of how I feel uh, myself. The, uh, my, I've heard that there are six. Is it possible that two of them are friends of the Free State, but not actually movers for the Free State Project? To be honest, I'm not sure. I mean, I've found a home in an organization called the HRA, which is the House Republican Alliance, and I have found them to be a very constitutional thinking think tank within the House. And they're made up of people from all walks of life, all age groups, who actually compare bills. We, we actually sit around and discuss and look at bills based on their constitutionality. And we give them grades, and we give them, uh, we make decisions as to whether or not they meet that criteria. And if they don't, we won't vote for it. And there's quite a few of us. Now, wait, how is that I've, different from the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance? Not tremendously. If you look at um, what the NHLA puts out, a great thing called the gold standard. And I would say nine out of ten times, if you compare that gold standard to the HRA, you'll find that they're very, very much in agreement because they're both looking at it. From a very similar angle. All right, so Jen, now here's the tough question. When sure. is New Hampshire? I, I, I am not a big fan of the political system. I think it's very inefficient and a very poor way to achieve liberty, but nonetheless, it's there and a lot of people will insist on using it. So let's talk about using it. When is uh, New Hampshire going to secede from the Union? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about succession. I, that's, not, that's not something in, in my plan. My plan is simply to work towards seeing the Constitution as being the law of the land, period. And if a bill or a law doesn't hold water against that, then in my point of view, it shouldn't exist. So what would it take for you to be in favor of secession? I don't know. Well, something <laughs> to think about. Thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. See, if she was representing my plot of land, she wouldn't be representing me. Which is impossible. It's not possible to represent anybody other than yourself, really. More on the way. You can bring up anything. 
<laughs> if you're a politician, you don't talk about secession until you're ready to do it. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. Enough time for your call if you make it now. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Julia. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And if you like this program and want to help support Free Talk Live, you can learn how to do so at promote.freetalklive.com. There's a whole list of things that you can do to get Free Talk Live on more radio stations and into more ears around the Internet. Uh, Go to promote.freetalklive.com. As we go to your phone calls and talk to Eric in Texas on the amp line. Hey, Eric. Evening, guys and hey. lady. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, well, you know, I thought I'd keep it light tonight. Uh, and I want, I've got a media or an entertainment recommendation for everybody. Uh, I mean, as you know, uh, when it comes to television on Hollywood or in Hollywood, uh, with shows that showed uh, our current criminal justice system, they're always incredibly biased for the state. Sure. Uh, if you've ever watched a single episode of Law and Order, you know that the bad guy's always incredibly bad, and that if he they, if he somehow manages to get off, it's always a technicality, you know that sort of thing. Right. The cops uh, are always work, you know, working hard, and they're doing a great job, and they're heroes. And... They also have an amazing amount of technology at their uh, behest. Exactly. And, of course, none of it's realistic at all. It's just all a farce. I mean, I was actually sitting in uh, – I was being sequestered during Sam's trial, and there were a couple cops in there. And one of them was, was actually telling us most of his day is sitting in a desk. You know, he's, he's a detective, and 99, you know, 95% of his day is desk work. So clearly it's not even uh, – even the cops themselves will be the first to tell you this is not realistic. Right. Well, and, and, you know, every now and then we get a bone thrown our way. Uh, like a couple of years ago, we had The Wire, which was pretty decent. Uh, but TNT now has a really good show that I just uh, found out about. GNC? TNT. TNT? Gotcha. Okay. Uh, it's called Raising the Bar. It stars uh, Mark Paul Gosser, the guy that used to play Zach Morris on Saved by the Bell. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's kind of weird to take him seriously, but... Uh, uh, he plays a public defender, and the show is all about showing the corruption of mm. the DA's office, the corruption in, wow. the, in, in the judges, the corruption in the cops. Uh, so I just finished watching, showed a cop, in order to get back at, at uh, Mark Paul Gosser's character, picked up a woman he knew was innocent, and then shuffled her around from precinct to precinct in order to teach him a lesson. Uh, because, you know, it, so a defendant hit central booking, the lawyer can't get access to the client. And in the process, shuffling them around, the client has her appendix rupture and wow. uh, And that's just one example of So is this a brand new show. series? What was it called again? It's called Raising the Bar. They, they're in the middle of their second season, but the seasons are pretty short, only like 10 episodes long. All right. uh, in fact, I'm almost... I started yesterday, and I'm almost done with the second season. Well, thank you uh, for the recommendation, and I thank you for the call tonight, Eric. Uh, 800-259-9231. It's, he's right. I mean, the, the amount of truly realistic cop shows out there. 
you know, it's just not there. It's just not there. I remember when we had uh, we were talking about the anonymous cop trainer guy who was pointing out that a lot of the cops that he gets coming in to train for being a police officer, you know, they believe that this is how it is. They see themselves as the the badge heavies, the the guys that are the thug, big, uh, intimidating cops, those kind of cops on those shows. They they view themselves as those cops. They want to kind of act out those shows in in real life, and of course, it's not really like that. But they come into it with this mentality of that uh, you know they'll be able to run it that way, and it's just disturbing. Uh, and and of course, the the whole Hollywood mindset toward the police is very worshipful in general especially toward the military. Well, what I was going to say, something that concerns me a little bit is all of the people who come back from the military and then mm-hmm. join the police force. Just because, I mean, obviously I can't say every something about everyone in the military, but the ones that I've encountered that have gone from like a Marine, for example, to a, to a police officer, they're pretty aggressive. Well, yeah, you would think that if you – it seems to me that a lot of people that get out of the military are of one of two camps. One of them uh, really loved their experience in the military and wants to continue something similar. Or the other side is they didn't really care too much for that. They went in for the college money and they get you know got thrown in the desert and they hated it. I'm sure there's something in between, but generally that's what I tend to hear and tend to observe. And so – what 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 of those two categories is the per, what person out of those two categories is the most likely to go and be a cop? The person who didn't like the military experience or the person who loved the military experience? Right. And if I encounter a cop, I don't think I want one who used to be a Marine for 10 years or I, I don't know. Well, they've been trained to blindly follow orders. That's one of the reasons why they're so welcomed into the police organizations today. If you are a military, former military, you kind of have a, uh, you know, almost them rolling out the red carpet for you as far as getting into the police departments is concerned it's it's easier for someone who's been in the military to make it into the police departments most departments have policies that say that a lot of departments recruit directly from the military you know exactly so you're bringing people on board who have been essentially trained to follow orders without questioning them. Also, um, the people that's that, dangerous. Right. They're they're not they're not trained necessarily in how to deal with civilians. I mean, they're they're warriors, soldiers. So speaking of bad cops, Julia, you have a story about one guy, a young man who spent 18 months in prison for a crime he didn't commit. Uh, Yeah, that's right. Uh, Day after he was cleared of his twin brother's killing and released from jail, Darris Lewis demanded a public apology from police and vowed to find the real killer. Lewis, now 19, had been charged with the murder of his twin brother, Dennis, based on what police said was a bloody palm print left at the crime scene. Hmm. But after 18 months in jail... Sounds like damning evidence. Yeah. Yeah. After 18 months in jail, he was released yesterday when a... Crime lab test found that the palm print was not left in blood, as the detectives had reported. It could have been left on the bedroom wall months earlier. Lewis's attorney said that most jurors in his trial weren't convinced of his guilt either. A juror told him that they were leaning nine to three to acquit Lewis before uh, before a mistrial was declared. That trial ended March 19th because a juror was excused for a death in the family, and the alternate jurors had already been dismissed by the judge. Hmm. Lewis was freed with the help of private investigators with years of police experience who saw the evidence that the Columbus police detectives apparently did not. The palm print, described by investigators as one inch by one inch, was never tested for blood. Photographs show that it was well above the blood smear on the wall in the bedroom where Dennis was shot to death. The blood belonged to Dennis. The palm print belonged to his brother, officials said. To the naked eye, it appeared to be lighter to, to me. 
said retired homicide detective Bob Britt. I don't believe there was any malice on anyone's part, but the information about the print didn't get processed the way it should have. So basically, this kid sat in jail for 18 months, yeah. and the police didn't even look at the the evidence that they were holding against him. So they said they believed that it was his palm print, but they right. never actually checked into it? Yes. Boy, we sure do need the government police here keeping us safe. 18 months this kid sat in jail. And Here are your government cops, Mark, that you love so much. The family had to hire a private investigator to get him out of jail. Can you imagine how much that would cost, plus a lawyer? Now, the interesting thing was the private investigator is a former cop, but now that he's actually working in the marketplace, he has the proper incentives in place to actually do the job correctly of the investigation, whereas these other cops are just... Who knows what the hell they're doing? Well, they're busy doing things like chasing down college students and giving them uh, tickets for smoke of marijuana and, and yeah, but they were assigned to things. investigate this particular case. You know that they were there assigned are some... to investigate a lot of cases, and the fact is they're overloaded because of the war on drugs. If we not stop all the... detectives are out there doing drug war stuff. They're not all doing that. No, but imagine if you freed up all the police officers that are doing drug my war point stuff. Here then is, you would Mark, have enough cops to be able to handle I you know, issues like this. And I understand. You but... wouldn't have somebody sitting 18 months in jail when you have a right to a speedy trial not. in this country. I don't know. I, I hope you're right about that. But be, but the reason why he was what wait wasn't he found guilty or was he still waiting for a verdict? He was in there? still waiting for a verdict. Okay. He sat in jail for 18 months. It says here until yesterday, no one at Columbus Police had ordered a test of the print for blood. See, so that's what I'm trying to tell you here is that there are detectives whose job it is to do drugs, and there are detectives whose job it is to do stuff like this. They get called into this, and they don't even run the tests that they're supposed to run. They've got better things to do, right? They're, they're overloaded with all kinds of cases. I mean, I if see. you if you ever and I'm not saying that these guys did the right thing, but I'm telling you if you if they had less to do, I gotcha. and then they would be doing a better job. I actually just found something that makes the story a little more interesting. The the son's mother told police that the night of the slaying she was sleeping on a downstairs couch when at least five masked men came into the house demanding money oh and then went up to Dennis's bedroom and that's when he was killed. So oh man. the mother Wait could essentially attest to the fact that five men came in and killed her her other son and five they still men. didn't even test the five print. masked men coming in asking for money. I wonder what the money was for. What do you think? Likely claims another victim. Drugs. Thank you, folks. We'll see you tomorrow night. Online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com.